0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 275 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. If you have not watched the previous 274 episodes, I've been doing this podcast quite a while now, make sure you do that. They are all available in a playlist on YouTube. Just search Jonathan Little, Weekly Poker Hand, and it'll come right up. Today, we're going to be taking a look at a hand featuring the newest Coach at my training site, pokercoaching.com, which features lots of quizzes, classes, challenges, and much more. And you can get a completely free trial. So if you want to learn from myself, many of the other best players in the world, and my newest coach, Lexi Gavin, head over to pokercoaching.com now and get your free trial. So we are playing 1025 no limit, and we're playing about $10,000 deep, so 400 big blinds deep. Daniels raises it up with 9-8 of clubs, and it folds around to Gavin, here's our newest coach, with queen-nine of hearts in the cutoff seat. And I think calling is perfectly fine and reasonable. You could also 3-bat. I'm a pretty big fan of calling a lot in position in general. If your opponents are going to fight pretty hard against 3-bats, I do a lot of flatting. If you have solid post-slop skills Very rarely is it that bad to just see flops, especially with hands that you don't really want to 3-bet and then get 4-bet off of. Now, if you knew you would almost never get 4-bet in this scenario, then maybe 3-betting the Queen-9 of Hearts makes more sense, but calling's perfectly fine. So I do like the call, even against a 5-big blind raise, by the way. You may say, well, isn't a 5-big blind raise very, very large? It is, but whenever you are playing quite deep stacked, that becomes a little bit more acceptable because you don't really want to play small pots whenever you have a hand like 9-8 of clubs, because if you do flop a good hand, you want to be able to put a lot of money in the pot, because a good hand here is a straight or a flush, and straights and flushes really don't mind playing big pots. And you're going to find that when you're playing deep stack, the suited connected type hands and suited aces and pairs, those go up in value because those make hands that you'll be very, very happy putting a lot of money in the pot with, as opposed to a hand like king-jack offsuit, maybe a hand you just fold a little bit more often pre-flop because that usually makes hands like top pair marginal kicker, which is not really where you want to be if your opponents want to put in 400 big blinds, right? So anyway, um, so Gavin calls, which I think is fine. Danielle Anderson, also an amazing player. She likes to call the ace-two offsuit. I think this is probably a little bit loose, but this was a very loose, splashy game in general, so, eh, you know, you can call. I think 3 betting's also fine. I think folding's fine. I probably would have just folded, but... I'm sure Anderson is very confident in her post-flop skills, so she likes to see the flop. The problem with hands like ace-two offsuit in general are, well, kind of similar to the king-jack, and that if you make a good hand, you're really not loving it too much. All right, flop comes. King-9-2. Anderson checks the ace-two, and now Daniels decides to bet with the 9-8 of clubs with a... so middle pair and a backdoor flush draw. Betting's probably fine. That said, multi-way against Gavin in the cutoff, who should have a whole lot of high cards in her range, I think you'd probably prefer just to check this 9-8, because if you bet here, what is Gavin actually going to fold? I mean, she may fold a hand like ace-jack or ace-10, but you're crushing those hands anyway. And if she does have a king, she's never folding. If she has queen-jack, queen-10, jack-10, she's never folding. And those hands have plenty of equity. So when you bet here, she's going to fold out like pocket-8s and lower, which you're crushing. She's going to fold out ace-high, which you're crushing. So you don't really accomplish a whole lot by betting in this scenario because most better hands and good draws are going to call and most junk is just going to fold. So when that's the case, you usually want to be more inclined to check. And multi-way, that also still applies, right? I get the idea that you may want to protect your hand because you don't want to check and then have ace-10 check behind and then random ace peel off, but that really just doesn't happen all that often. Uh, we teach this a lot. Um, At pokercoaching.com, whenever you have a marginal made hand, you want to do a whole lot of checking, especially when the board hits your opponent's range pretty well. And this board does hit Gavin's range very, very well. Anytime it comes to two big cards, that should connect very well with the player in position calling. So Daniels bets. And now Gavin, with the middle pair, has a pretty easy call in my mind. Oh, I guess I should mention this. So the pot's 400. If Daniels is going to bet this 9-8, she wants to bet small to essentially put the ace high-type hands in a tough spot where maybe they'll call and just give uh, Daniels a little bit of value. As she bets bigger and bigger, what's going to happen is then Gavin and Anderson are just mostly going to call with better hands, right? And that's really not what you want. You want your opponents to continue with hands that you beat when you were value betting. So in this scenario, um, Daniels bet 275, so quite large. And I think that's going to essentially force Gavin and Anderson to play very well, which is not what you want to have happen at all. So right here, Gavin's clearly not going to fold the queen-nine-of-hearts for middle pair. And then Anderson with the bottom pair and the ace-kicker elects to fold, right? Which is exactly what I was saying. Notice, the better hand called and the worst hand folded. And you're going to find that's very often what happens when you bet large with a marginal eight hand is the worst hands fold and the better hands call, which is very, very bad for you. So anyway, Gavin calls. We will go to the turn. Turn is the Queen of Clubs, which is an interesting card because now Daniels improved to a flush draw, and Gavin now improved to two pairs. So looks like Daniels is lining up a bet with his flush draw, and I don't really like this because think about the range that Gavin's going to call the flop with. It's going to be a whole lot of, well, those straight draws I just listed, right? And the Queen gives Jack-10 the nuts, and it gives Queen-10 Queen and Queen-Jack a pair. Um, Gavin could also have a king, which is obviously not going to fold. If Gavin had a hand like jack-9 or 10-9, maybe that folds. But, I mean, that's kind of hard for Gavin to have, given Daniels has a 9 in her hand, right? And if Gavin decided to call with an underpair, clearly she's going to fold now, which is not great. So this is a scenario where I think Daniels has a very clear check with a marginal made hand. Unless she plans on betting gigantic on the river as a bluff to try to get Gavin to fold out all of her one-pair hands... But I don't really think that's what a lot of people are doing in this scenario. I think they just view pair and flush draw as good, and they decide to bet with their pair and a flush draw. And I think that is a pretty big mistake. Whenever you have a marginal made hand and a draw, which is exactly what Daniels has here, checking is a very strong strategy because you want to make sure whenever you check and then check call, you have some flush draws in your range. And you also want to make sure when you bet, you have some flush draws in your range. That way your opponent can't significantly count out flush draws when you play your hand one way or the other. So the best draws to check call are usually the ones that have the most showdown value. And clearly a pair has more showdown value than like ace high, or jack high, or eight high, right? So if Daniels had a hand like eight seven of clubs, or 10 eight of clubs, or jack eight of clubs, or something like that, I would definitely like a bet. Because when you bet with the jack high and your opponent folds, clearly they folded out a better hand a lot of the time, right? But when you bet with the nine eight and your opponent folds, usually they're going to be folding out a worse hand, which is not a good result. So I definitely like a check call in this scenario for Daniels. But she bets. Pot's $950. If she is going to bet, you have to ask, again, what are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying to make a king fold? If that's the case, we want to be betting very big, like, what, 1500 And if we're trying to get a call by a worse hand, we want to bet really small, like 200 So I think in this scenario, Daniels needs to make either a very big bet or a very small bet. But she bet half pot, which I think is... She bet 500 into the, into the into the $950 pot, which I don't think is a very good size because it's going to result in Lexi Gavin here playing very, very well. She's either going to call or raise with a two-pair. So now what do you do with two-pair? It's a junky two-pair. This is a spot where I think a lot of uh, tournament players get themselves in trouble because if you were playing 30 big lines deep, yeah, you could just get in with a two-pair here. But notice if Lexi Gavin raises... If she gets called, what is she going to be against? She's going to be against either a very good draw that has plenty of equity or usually a better made hand like king-queen or pocket kings or pocket nines or king-queen or king-nine or something like that, right? Maybe she can get called by ace-king, king-jack, king-ten, and aces. But those hands are often just going to keep value betting the river or they'll check the river. You can then value bet and they'll call, which is fine. So you're still getting money in against those. So this is a spot where, especially if your opponents play well, I definitely like a relatively defensive line from Lexi because if she raises and gets called, she's kind of in the same spot Daniels is putting herself in, right? Where it forces Daniels to play reasonably well. And so in this exact scenario, if she raised, yes, Daniels would call with the pair in the draw and put in money behind, but this is one of the rare instances. So I think a much better strategy is to just call as Lexi Gavin does. So I like that play a lot. Also, as you expect your opponent to be betting a more straightforward range, just their best hands, and not a whole lot of bluffs, you have to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to raising, right? Because if they're betting just their best hands, which I don't know if that's what Daniels is doing or not, but if she's just betting her best hands and Lexi raises and gets called, she's actually not loving it very much. Whereas if she calls, she keeps a lot of the strong but non-nut hands in the pot. Also, some players will just bet with a hand like aces on this turn and then fold it if you get raised, and you definitely don't want to make your opponent fold out their aces, because aces is drawing you know, relatively thin. So anyway, Lexi Gavin calls. River is the eight of spades, another fun card, giving Daniels two pair. So now, should Daniels check or bet? Well, if she bets, clearly all better hands are going to call. I don't think anyone's folding two pair here, and Daniels loses to two pair. Will hands like King Jack call? Well, I think King Jack will call if you don't bet too big. So, pot's 1950. I think a bet of like 800 can get called by King Jack. I think as you start betting bigger and bigger, those hands are going to start at least considering to fold. So, this is a situation where I think Daniels should either bet small or check. It's a tough spot because I'm not really sure how many draws Daniels has in her range. Obviously, if she had a hand like Ace Jack, Ace 10, something like that, she'd like to be betting um, betting some portion of the time. Notice if she did have a hand like, hmm, well, I was going to say Jack-8. I guess Jack-8 kind of got there with a the pair, but you probably don't need to bet that because if you check the Jack-8, you do win against like a random Ace-10 every once in a while, like Ace-10 of clubs. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird spot with this bottom two pair. And in general, whenever you have a hand that is pretty good, but if you bet and get called or bet and get raised, it's a pretty nasty spot. I'm a pretty big fan of just putting that in your checking range, unless your opponent is an extreme calling station. And I don't know if Lexi is a calling station on the river or not. So you could either check or value bet. I think either play is fine. But if you are going to bet, I don't think you want to go too big. As you go, start going bigger and bigger, I think that's going to result in Lexi playing pretty well. So it looks like she is going for a medium bet, which I think is nice. Lexi snap calls a two pair before I could even pause it. Um, Looks like she bets 825, so I think that's probably a fine bet size on the river. And now, should Lexi consider raising against that bet size? I think it's actually a viable option. You always, I mean, look, the the obvious play is we're clearly not folding here, right? But in this scenario, when Daniels bets this size, or when anyone bets this size, about 40% pot on the river, very often that is going to be an indicator of a good but non-nut hand. As it it very often should be, right? So if you know that Daniels has a good but non-nut hand, what does that mean? I mean, that's going to be something like ace, king and better, king, jack and better, something like that. But very often, if Daniels did have a hand like jack 10 or pocket kings, she would be betting much larger, like 2,000. Because then you're trying to get called by pretty good hands. Because you don't don't care, because you have the nuts, right? Or the effective nuts. So, I'm not going to say this is like an obvious raise or anything, but especially if you know Daniels uses a strategy of medium-sized bets with medium-strength hands, which may or may not be true. I mean, clearly you can't tell a whole, a whole lot just by looking at one hand. But if we did know that was the case, I definitely think raising small is viable, especially if you don't think Daniels will ever bluff or re-raise you. And, of course, you have to assume that she'll call with hands like 9-8 or ace-king, which some people just never will do. If Daniels will never call a river raise with ace-king or aces or 9-8. Well, then raising the river queen-nine makes no sense at all. But it is a spot against some players where you can just extract additional value. So I definitely like the way our newest coach at PokerCoaching.com, Lexi Gavin, played this hand. And she wins a nice pot. So that's going to be it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you did, click like, click subscribe, and share it with your friends. Good luck in your games, have fun, and I'll talk to you next week.